Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Big Orange Sunday. A look at all things Vols Athletics. Presented by Wilson Bank and Trust, Middle Tennessee's Community Bank. Now your host, former UT coach Doug Matthews on 104.5 The Zone. Well, good morning and welcome to Big Orange Sunday. On today's show, it's time for Billy the Legend's annual award show. End of the basketball season, another excellent season up on the hill that really saw Thompson Bowling, both men's and women's, packed with orange. Bill will join us at the bottom of the hour. But first, spring practice now through the first two weeks. I think seven practices in. Of course, you get 15 total. Year number two. Uh, of the Coach Josh Heupel era. And joining us this morning, defensive coordinator Tim Banks. Coach, thanks for taking a few minutes with us, and how are you? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Doing exceptionally well. Hey, let's get right to it. Again, appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with I know it's always like to look at bios of coaches, uh, where mm-hmm. they've been, where they came from, who they coached with, uh, you know, and, and always interesting in that. I noticed you uh, were born and from Detroit, Michigan, and looks to me like you kind of overlapped a little bit with one of our great Vol running backs, Aaron Hayden. Did you play against him? Uh, I think you're a couple of years younger than he is. Yeah. Um, no, You know what? We never had the pleasure of playing against each other, but, but obviously a, a player of his caliber, you know, coming out of Detroit, you know, I knew of him. Um, I believe he went to uh, Mumford High School, and, um, you know, those guys had some pretty good teams at that time. So, yeah, honestly, you know, our paths never crossed, you know, but I definitely admired him from afar. I know those guys did a really good job over there, and and I watched his career when he got here at at UT. And, um, you know, obviously as a Detroit product myself, you know, we were very proud of him and all the success that he had here. Well, he started uh, was part of a start of a run of really outstanding running backs that uh, Tennessee has has had for well many 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 years. Let's get into you, uh, your 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 coaching background, your bio a, a little bit. Uh, noticed in here you that you uh, coached with Coach Tommy West, who also, of course, a former Vol, and then. Big thing, man, you work with some really outstanding coaches coming up. Talk just just a little bit. Give me about a minute on that, and then I want to get into the University of Tennessee. But some of the people in your background, I know Ralph Friedgen's in there, James Franklin, uh, Bill O'Brien. You were with Bush Jones for a, a, a significant period of time. Give me about a give, – give us about a minute on that. Yeah, I've been, I've been very blessed. You know, as you said, I've worked with a lot of good coaches, you know, a lot of great men. You know, you mentioned Tommy West. That probably was my first experience, you know, even understanding, you know, the power of UT. You know, Tommy was a, a proud alum, and um, he was the head coach at the University of Memphis at that time and, you know, gave me an opportunity to come down there and coach linebackers. So, you know, we, we, we worked really hard. You know, we had a lot of fun, and, you know, we would sit there in the evenings, and, you know, he would give us a lot of great, you know, stories about UT and talking about, you know, the late, great Reggie White and, you know, just all the good things that came out of UT. So that was my first experience even understanding, you know, how strong and what the tradition was like at the University of Tennessee. 
Um, also, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I got here, you know, I was with Coach Franklin, James Franklin, you know, for the past five years prior to coming here as his co-defensive coordinator. And um, we had developed a great bond, you know, prior to that at the University of Maryland. So I considered him a great friend, you know, a great mentor and, you know, learned a lot of things from him, you know, just his organization, you know, how passionate he was about, you know, being detail-oriented, but also being able to keep it fun for the players. Um, you mentioned Billy O'Brien. It was awesome to see him this year. Unfortunately, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to come, but, you know, seeing him and, you know, reuniting and having a chance to talk to him a little bit, work together at the University of uh, Maryland as well under Ralph Friedgen, and he's obviously went on to be the head coach at the Texans, and, you know, he's right now, the, I believe, the offensive coordinator at Alabama. So, um, you know, I, I consider those guys all tremendous friends of mine, um, great mentors, again, you know, guys that I can call and lean on if, if I had any, um, you know, any concerns or any questions as I was going through the profession. But um, obviously, you know, when you have great company, you know, hopefully some of those things will be able to rub off on you. And, you know, you mentioned Coach Jones, you know, who was obviously the head coach of the University of Tennessee for a while. Uh, we worked together, you know, as far back as uh, Fair State, you know, one of my first coaching jobs. And uh, Coach Jones is the offensive coordinator there where I was coaching defensive backs. And uh, I later on become his defensive coordinator. So, you know, in this profession, Doug, you know, you get a chance to meet a lot of guys along the way, and, you know, you try to take something from all the different relationships that you have, and, you know, I've definitely tried to take some of the better things that I've learned from each and every one of them. Always interesting. You're right, and and smart coaches, uh, and I unfortunately didn't do this early in my career. You don't realize some of the assistant coaches, head coaches are one thing, but assistant coaches that, that really – from coaching perspectives, maybe philosophy, maybe their work habits, either recruiting and other things, and building on those. I like you was forced to be around some really, really outstanding coaches. You know, real quick, man, I want to get into Tennessee. The one guy on there that uh, that a lot of people don't know too much about, but that I followed his uh, career. He was coaching uh, while I was coaching, but then as Ralph Friedgen, maybe one of the most, uh, in at least my view, under-respected uh, coaches. For He was a tremendous football coach. Coach, I'll be honest. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, I tell coaches this all the time, you know, because when I was at Maryland, you know, we were um, in ACC at that time. You know, we really had a great run. And by far, he was one of the best X's and O coaches that had ever been around. You know, and I don't say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I mean, he was awesome. You know, I was sitting there and, and going as all. He was really ahead of his time. You know, I, I can't remember. I might have been back in, you know, 2003 maybe, and he was already so tied in the X, XOs and, you know, looking into what we describe as analytics right now and just understanding not just how to coach the offensive line or an offensive perspective, but understanding, you know, in great detail, you know, how the defensive work I'll never forget sitting in, you know, on one of his talks and him going into, you know, what the squat corner was reading, his footwork, his technique, and how you can manipulate him. To, to say that he was underappreciated, you know, as a head coach is, is an understatement. You know, not only did he give me a great opportunity to come and coach in ACC and coach his linebackers, but I learned a great deal of football from him, and, you know, I'm greatly appreciative, you know, of the opportunity that he gave me. Let's talk about Tennessee. Uh, I, I, I've been reading uh, what Coach Heupel's saying, and of course, visiting with him and, and some of the things you've been saying. Uh, when I worked at uh, for Coach Majors, he called them lessons. At the end of every game, we would sit down and do our lessons from the preset game at the end of the year. Some people call it self-scout. Regardless, 
kind of just hit a couple of highlights, sitting down after the season, going through the lessons with the defensive staff. What were some of the highlights of it, of uh, maybe positive, but also things that uh, if Tennessee's going to get where they're competing for championships, what, what they need to do? What, 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 would, what were some of those lessons, or maybe some of the key lessons that you brought out of last year? Yeah, I think, you know, as you talk about, you know, we started off with the things we did well. You know, we thought the kids to a man, you know, bought into the culture, you know, that we were trying to build defensively, you know, one in which that, you know, we wanted to play extremely hard, you know, we wanted to be as tough as we can possibly be. And, you know, we wanted to try to minimize, you know, the explosive plays, you know, while doing it. And as cliche as that may sound, you know, we felt like our kids truly bought into that. You know, we thought we played extremely hard. You know, we thought the kids were extremely aggressive, you know, and with all the pressures and the different looks and the multiple fronts that we played with, you know, we really didn't have as many um, big plays as you think, you know, a first-year defense would give up. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, we felt like, you know, we, we had an opportunity, you know, to close some people out, you know, in some different situations, whether you're talking about um, third downs, you know, we weren't as good as we needed to be. You know, in some third long situations where it was a little bit more predictable in terms of what, what we expected we would get. We didn't feel like we answered the bell good enough, and we didn't think we did as good as we needed to do. You know, we were backed up um, in some of those red zone situations. So, you know, we, we got, we're working hard. You know, we obviously, as you mentioned, you know, looked at it as opportunities for growth. You know, we're working at it right now during spring ball to identify, you know, how we could be better, whether it's schematically uh, putting guys in better positions or making sure we got the right guys in the positions to be able to execute the job at hand. So, uh, but overall, you know, we felt like we did a lot of good things, but we understand for us to, you know, get UT uh, where we want to go, you know, we obviously have to continue to grow. Well, I can only imagine coming in uh, at, at coordinator in her place, but uh, certainly coming into this conference at Tennessee with a situation there that uh, pretty much a new staff. I know you knew some of the coaches. I'm talking about the, on the defensive side of the ball. Let, let's hit that a little bit, though. Uh, everybody back on defense on your uh, di- on the defensive staff. Uh, you have a year under your belt, uh, which is immeasurable. I think l- most coaches would say. Uh, from a player perspective, uh, from the first year to the second year is a huge jump. I think you got the same thing in coaches too. You all been together now. Let's talk a little bit about the expectations for spring, goals for spring coming out of spring. Yeah, I, I think it's continuity is always important. I think you know getting a, those guys getting a feel for me and you know what my expectations are from a coaching perspective. You know, and and just like no different with the players. You know, you start to get a feel for, you know, what each and every coach's strengths are and, you know, obviously some things that, you know, they can do better, you know, no, no different than me. Um, and I think we all understand each other a little bit better. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we understand it always comes down to the kids, you know, not necessarily what we know. And, and it's just really more of what we could teach them to give them an opportunity to, to be able to execute it. So we have some guys back, as you know, you know, but the, the first talk, you know, that I gave the defense was, was very clear. You know, we won't be able to carry any stats, you know, any plays that we made from last year over to this year. You know, we start over, you know, in terms of aligning um, everybody with what exactly is our core foundation and what we want to get done. You know, I think a lot of organizations make mistakes and not, you know, starting from the ground up again. You know, they take 
you know, take for granted that the kids understand, again, very clearly what the culture is. But I think you have to reinforce that thing every single day. So that was our message starting spring. You know, as far as our outright goals, you know, um, that has not changed. You know, we want to be the best um, defense in the country, you know, and to be able to do that, there are some core fundamentals that you got to be able to master, you know, and, again, that's playing as hard as you can, being as tough as you can, you know, and those guys are working toward that right now. You know, as you start to look at the objectives, you know, again, I mentioned earlier, you know, we want to be better on, you know, some more predictable downs, you know, third and long situations and, you know, continue to chop wood, you know, in that red zone. So, uh, but overall, I think, again, trying to make sure the guys understand very clearly what our foundation is, our culture and the habits that we want to have, I think it's something that you got to reinforce, you know, every single practice, every single rep, even leading into the summer to make sure guys understand expectations moving into the fall. Well, let's talk about something you just mentioned there. One thing pretty clear, uh, starting spring practice, uh, at the end of the first day of practice, Coach Heupel met, uh, talked at the end of the second spring practice, you talked, and kind of interesting, talked about on the same page, uh, very clearly from both of you all uh, from an overall defense. Coach Heupel said this, we want to be better on third and long. We did not cash in as much as we needed to in those situations. And then the next day you followed up with this. We have to continue to find a way to affect the quarterback. We have to be able to do that with a four-man rush too. So our ability to rush the passer and that development is something that is critical this spring. Kind of hit that a little bit. Uh, Talk just a little bit from a defensive coordinator standpoint. I know one of the things that was always constantly on my mind uh, calling plays with boy, you you know, yes, you can pressure with with your pressure packages, but you also are putting yourself in some of those big splash plays you talked about. Talk a little bit about uh, the importance of being able to get some pressure, and as Coach Heupel likes to talk, former quarterback, quarterback coach, affect the quarterback. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's such a balance in that, you know, because we, we, we want to create pressure. You know, we want to give, you know, offenses a variety of different looks and, you know, try to confuse the decision maker. But but ultimately, you know, if you can have guys that can win one-on-ones on their own, if you can get to the quarterback, you know, with your front four, it just allows you to, you know, in the back end to be able to have more uh, flexibility and coverage, you know, whether you're playing – um, a too high concept where you're protecting the corner, so to speak, or giving them some help, or if you're bracketing one of the better uh, receivers that you're going to face in this league, you know, the more you can pressure with four guys and the guy have the ability to, you know, beat a, beat a tackle or beat a guard, it just gives you so much more that you can deal with or do on that back end. But, you know, as I tell guys all the time, you know, ultimately, you know, that's what we're building and that's what we want to be. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, if we're not able to generate the type of pass rush we need, then we're going to have to be better on the perimeter, you know, because at the end of the day, we've got to find a way to disrupt that quarterback and be able to get off the field, you know. And and to the point that I made earlier, I thought we did a tremendous job of getting teams in some second and long, third and long situations. But, you know, being able to win a one-on-one, whether it's a uh, front four, or bringing a fifth or even a sixth at some time, we got to be able to speed that clock up, if not get him on the ground, which in turn will give us the ability to get off that field. But um, to answer your original question, you know, being able to win with four, that would be awesome. And that's something we're obviously working toward, you know, this spring to try to create um, some better pass rush opportunities for those guys to be able to win. 
You mentioned this too, and I've heard you say this a couple of times, uh, uh, not on today's show, but I'm talking in previous. Uh, and it looked like, you know, of course, looking at it from a fan's viewpoint and coach's viewpoint can be different. Uh, there were certainly some opportunities that looked like you, you, you had the, you and your staff and had the play. You, you had it in good position. But one of the things that uh, I think is always difficult, the most difficult thing to do uh, is to convince players to go make plays, uh, especially in the secondary. You played that position. You've coached it a lot. One of the things that's kind of hammered into defensive uh, secondary players uh, by the head coach most of the time, but also by – coordinators hey you know you, you we, we can't give up splash plays so what does that mean well that means we can't get beat deep and you talk about that fine line boy there's a fine line between doing that and also allowing players to go make plays because if you're in position that's key and particularly in this league if you're going to win in this league you have to be able to make plays in the secondary and in pass rush Doug you preaching that brother I don't know if your fans appreciate the insight that you're giving them but no you you, you hit the nail right on the head you know, I, I always talk about defensive backs. Um, I look at them no different than I think a lot of people around the country look at quarterbacks. You know, they they have to be very, very strong mentally. You know, they have to have what I would call a snap and clear mentality, you know, because nobody, you know, sees the, you know, three or four plays that they break up, but everybody sees that big play that they give up, you know. So ultimately, you know, as a coach, you have to be careful how you coach those guys. It's definitely a balancing act. You know, we try to instill, you know, the confidence, you know, that this is why we recruited you. You know, this is why we're putting you in this particular coverage because we trust that when the moment is right, you know, you're going to make the play. You know, and as much as I would love to be able to sit here and tell you, you know, we're going to make all of them, we understand, you know, that every now and again those guys are on scholarship as well. They're going to make a play over there. But I think how they react, how the coaches react is going to be critical for how that kid's makeup is built moving forward. You know, and if you lose your mind and you put them in a position where they feel like you don't trust them, then the, the chances are they're not going to attack. They're not going to play the way you want them to play. They're going to play a lot more cautious. That's not who we want to be here at UT. You know, we want our defensive backs to be aggressive. We want these guys with the balls in the air to feel like they have as much right to making a play on that ball, you know, as the wide receiver does. And to be able to do that, those guys have to trust that you have their back and believe in them. And um, ultimately, if they don't make the play, that you trust that you'll come right back and call that same defense because you truly believe they're going to make it the next time. And that's what we try to instill here at UT. Coach, for one, uh, head football coach at one point where almost every third down, I'd be there on the sideline every, every third, down, third down, he'd say, don't get beat deep to the players. Well, we didn't get beat deep. <laughs> but they they threw a bunch of 15 yard crossing. <laughs> anyway, right. let, let, let's kind of move on from that. Uh, I, I don't know if you do this intentionally or not, but uh, I, I, I and I listen to every press conference, read all the printouts on it. You seem to be a coach that doesn't talk a whole lot about individuals, particularly in spring, uh, more so about the overall team. But a, a couple of things caught my mind. So when when a coach like that says mentions a player, brings him up. Uh, not not answering a question from the press. Uh, talk a little bit about the 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 imp- what the growth, I guess, both on and off the field that Jeremy Banks has made. You you spoke pretty glowingly about him uh, this the, the start of this spring practice. Yeah, uh, you, you know, Jeremy is, is obviously you know you know in this this region you know he's been very polarizing you know with a lot of things. Um, I didn't know what to expect out of Jeremy when we got here. 
you know, uh, obviously trying to get to know him in a short, you know, uh, amount of time. And, um, you know, he was banged up, you know, had shoulder surgery and, you know, just a lot of things he was dealing with. So missed all the spring ball. Um, but, you know, during the course of the season, you know, I felt like, um, you know, he started to make some strides, you know, from a, you know, relentless pursuit, you know, in terms of playing tough, you know, he had those things in space. That was never an issue, you know, but just understanding how to play fast, but yet play under control was something that, you know, was an everyday um, process for him. And um, I thought as the season went on, I thought he got a lot better, but I truly thought, um, just the growth in which, you know, the accountability part, you know, toward the latter years of the season and even part toward the um, the beginning of this spring and the off season, I thought he had grew um, leaps and bounds, which was very, very encouraging. And then as we started spring ball, just, you know, his level of understanding within the scheme, you know, when to slip a block, when to, you know, be tough and run through a guy, you know, you could start to see the things that we talked about, you know, from day one, he was starting to digest you know, it, it was just happy to see, you know, because I know how good he wants to be. I know how important UT is to him, you know, and those are the type of guys that you root for and you want to see win. You know, he's battled a lot of, you know, adversity, you know, some self-inflicted, you know, some by chance. But ultimately, you know, he's a kid that I know wants to do the right thing and wants to be a great player and wants to see UT win, you know, and we're trying to help him reach those goals and, and obviously help UT. Boy, that's great to hear, and uh, and Tennessee fans need to hear that. You know, hey, we we all forget that we make mistakes, and he, uh, you know, he made some mistakes. But uh, the thing about him, did he? He because you weren't there at the p- p- time, but he had some pretty uh, he had some pretty tough restrictions, things he had to do to get back out on the team. He did every single one of them, both from the head coach and the yep. athletic director. So uh, great, mm-hmm. great to see, uh, great to see on that. Uh, got just a couple of minutes le- left here. Uh, uh, Depending on how you look at it, it looks like you got about maybe maybe six, seven, maybe eight players who have started games for you. Uh, I think it would be fair to say, though, that last year and maybe going into this spring, depth appears to be uh, well, maybe not an issue, but uh, there's not there's not a whole lot of depth there. Talk a little bit about the importance of spring and, and developing that depth that you know you're going to need at some point next year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I came up the hard way, as you talked about going through my bio. You know, I've, I've coached, you know, mid-American ball, D2 ball, and, you know, I'm a fundamental coach by nature. And, um, you know, that's what I look at spring in a lot of ways, obviously develop the mentality that we talked about earlier from a culture perspective, but also the details that you need at every position from a fundamental standpoint. And, um, you know, we don't have, you know, a ton of depth right now. You know, but the guys we have, you know, we're working extremely hard to, to try to make sure that, you know, regardless of it's the, you know, who we deem as the first um, safety or the, the backup safety, you know, our standard is not going to change. And I know a lot of times that sound like coach, you know, coach speak, but, you know, the style in which that we play on offense, you know, we realize they're going to score a ton of points, you know, which obviously puts us back on the field very quickly, you know, so we, we have to be able to play more guys this year. And regardless of how many guys we have, we got to be able to find a way to, to get the next man ready and have the guy out there and ready to, you know, play at a high standard. So, you know, we're, we're a little thin at some areas, you know, whether you're talking defensive backs and um, or even linebackers for that matter. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, for us right now in spring, we're trying to get the first guys, the second guys, and the third guys ready because we know for us to go where we want to go, we're going to need every single one of those guys this fall. 
always felt like spring. I enjoyed spring more than it really did the season because uh, if, if you're if you're if you get in the coaching profession, everybody I ever knew that got into it, they, you know, who knew that you were going to end up at Tennessee, right? You probably felt like I did. I was hoping to be a middle Absolutely. school coach and then maybe, <laughs> maybe a high school coach. But you like teaching, and boy, you can teach in spring. You don't have the, you know, you don't have a spring game. Literally, you don't have a spring game this year. But you don't have a game <laughs> right. to get ready for. Uh, last question. Uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about your philosophy. Uh, and at Tennessee, it, it, here, here's what it appears to me. Four-man front. Uh, looks to me like you really uh, w- would love to play a lot of man coverage. Might be wrong there. Maybe it's just the personnel. Overall philosophy, What in a couple of sentences, what, what would it be from Coach Tim Banks? Yeah, we, we, we want to be multiple, and we want to create as much pressure as we can. You know, I think you, you said it earlier with Coach Hyde. You know, we, we understand that we, we want to be able to affect the quarterback and we want to be able to dictate the terms. So what does that look like? You know, we want to put teams in obvious um, situations where we know they have to throw the football. And the only way to do it, be able to do that is to, to be able to pressure. You know, and when I talk about pressure, you know, you could be bringing a fifth one, a, you know, a sixth one, or maybe just the, the, the tenor in which, you know, the front is playing with. But I think when you look at our defense, I hope they will see a team that's very passionate, you know, that plays extremely hard and plays extremely tough. And that's that's what we're trying to build here at UT. First scrimmage yesterday, I think. Uh, overall, I know you may, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the tape yet. Uh, overall, though, how were your feelings from a defensive uh, sta- a coach standpoint, coordinator standpoint, well, that first scrimmage? Uh, again, co- culturally, you know, I think what we're trying to preach showed up. You know, we, we played hard. You know, we got off the field. Um, you know, were we always right? You know, we weren't. You know, and that's typically what you see in games, you know. But if you're playing with great intent, if you're playing tough, you know, sometimes it covers up a lot of things. So I thought I saw that. You know, we still got some things that we got to get cleaned up. You know, some of our fits, you know, our offense gives us a, do- a lot of different looks. You know, those guys obviously play with great pace. You know, it's always a challenge when you step out on the field and go against, you know, one of the top offenses in the country. But I thought our guys held their own. You know, I thought for the first scrimmage, um, you know, there were a lot of encouraging things that we could build upon. Coach Banks, thanks so much. Coach Tim Banks, defensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee. Enjoy watching your work, uh, and thanks so much for being part of the show today. Much appreciated. All right. Thank you, Doug. Really appreciate you guys, and go Vols. All right. Uh, just a few thoughts from the defensive coordinator. Now, next week we're going to have the offensive coordinator, Alex Golishon. Uh, just kind of quickly talking about the coach bank, Tim Banks, though. That uh, you know, his first he's he's been a co-defensive coordinator before, uh, and uh, but he's you talk about earning. He's been in nine different places, coaching stops. That's what you have to do as a coach. Uh, in many instances, you got to be able to work your way up. Uh, you got to be, and fortunately for him, he was much like I was, quite frankly. He was able to work with some outstanding coaches, and I'm sure he learned from that. So, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we will be talking again with Coach Golish next week. We're going to have all the coaches on at some point, I think, uh, the ones that choose to come on, which I think most of them will. All right, going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for Billy the Legends Award Show at the end of every basketball season. Bill Justice does that, so we will do that when we come back. As we go to break, let me talk to you about Double Dogs, three locations here in Middle Tennessee, the newest up in Gallatin, uh, of course, one down uh, uh, near downtown off Charlotte Pike, and one in Hillsborough Village.
in that one this past week, eating with some friends. Great food. Good. Well, if you want to go watch and take your whole family, that's the key. You can come and do that. Outstanding food, all of the games, sports, 30-plus TVs, anything you need. It's a outstanding sports bar. Of course, there's three locations. Uh, they Excuse me, they have locations up in Knoxville, uh, up in Bowling Green, and other places around the south. Check them out. DoubleDogs.biz for Double Dogs. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Anyone can get long COVID. Even Isaiah, age 26. I got COVID in October 2020, and three weeks later, I started having long-term problems. I used to be able to dance all day, but now just getting up gives me chest pain. I can't comprehend words at times. It's honestly been an even scary journey. Getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the best way to prevent long COVID. Visit myturn.ca.gov to find a vaccine or booster near you. Offer deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. C-A-D-R-E-015-21930. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with Syntec at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec Premium Full Synthetic Motor Oil is formulated for today's engines to dissipate heat and friction and reduce wear. Right now, get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select filter for just $33.99. Try Syntec today, exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Phones, laptops, and tablets aren't just devices. They're the keys to connecting to your health. At Kaiser Permanente, you can connect faster with video visits and our easy-to-use app. Track your health with access to most lab results and health records. You can even make appointments, email doctors, and fill most prescriptions. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. 
Appointments as available and appropriate. Features available from Kaiser Permanente Facilities. This is Doug Matthews. If you miss any or part of my weekend shows, Big Orange Sunday, Football Saturday, or Coach to Coach, you can catch up on the podcast at CoachDougMatthews.com. Each show is up immediately after they are aired live right here on 104.5 The Zone. All three shows plus High School Sports Saturday are all podcast at CoachDougMatthews.com. Joining Doug in this segment is Bill Justice, presented by Double Dogs Restaurant in Gallatin, Charlotte Pike near downtown Nashville, and Hillsboro Village. We will get to Billy the Legend here in just about 30 seconds. I did want to mention, uh, talking about basketball, last week, I think it's last week, maybe the week before last, uh, Athletic Director Danny White extended three coaches. One of those was Rick Barnes through the 2027 season, so that's for five additional years. This past week, uh, did the same for women's basketball head coach Kelly Harper. Uh, so uh, both the... Uh, uh, men's program, women's program, head coaches signed through 2027. Uh, just real quickly, I won't read all of this, but uh, Danny White, uh, Athletic Director White, Kelly's an amazing leader for the young women on our team and a wonderful ambassador for our university. She operates in a first-class manner. With that, let's bring on somebody else who operates in the first class manner time for the annual much anticipated always on edge award show from billy the legend bill i'm gonna just kind of sit back and uh listen well you're welcome to join in anytime you want to as well so let's get started as you said highly anticipated i get a lot of comments on your show all the time that uh, shows me how many people are listening to you the first award is the confusion award and this has been talked about with uh, you and Tony Barnhart. The Who, What, When, Where, Why award goes to the NIL, Name, Image, Likeness, uh, as you all have talked about. This is going to take a while to settle down uh, with guys transferring and, and what this means to which athletes. So a little confusion there, and that award goes to the NIL. Secondly, <clears throat> we're going to award something for the first time. Uh, the best trust coach and a college coach in all of basketball. We go outside the Vol Nation and award Jerry Stackhouse. Coach Stackhouse uh, will likely be a repeat offender here. He is the smartest dresser in all of college basketball. The Shoot Alike Award, Santiago Vescovi, resembles a left-handed Chris Lofton. Both of those guys, great catch-and-shoot guys, where they come off of off-ball screens, uh, or with the screen, mostly not dribbling the ball a whole lot, just catch and shoot. And that shooter-like award, I think, just reminds me so much of Lofton, uh, except with the left hand. The Anticipation Award, again, Vol fans everywhere. Who off of the Vols will, uh, will test the NBA? What kind of roster will return? All except Fulkerson are eligible right now. Uh, Kennedy Chandler projects as a number one not a number one pick, but a first-round pick. If that's the case, he probably will be gone. The other guys that are looking at things are uh, Vescovy, uh, 3J. Both of those guys are likely uh, to explore what the draft is, but I think the process will uh, will have them coming back, and that's going to be one of the strengths of this team coming up next year. Um, the Angst Award. This This goes to... Myself, I'm going to present myself an award. It's to Billy the Legend over the free throw shooting percentages. 
that we have, not just at Tennessee, but in college basketball, that little, uh, not even 15-footer, even though that's what they call it, that little shot's uh, percentage should be a whole lot higher than it is. The most improved player, most all balls, but let's single out uh, just one here, Euros Plavsic, the seven-footer, a rim protector and a shot blocker, like we've talked about before. Uh, there is no way that you can coach seven feet. You have to be there. So he's been a he's been a good uh, rim protector, and it's been a good thing for Tennessee to have. I'll, I'll calling all guards here in a minute. And the reason is the calling all guards award would go to Tennessee Vols, a three guard, and most of the time a four guard lineup: Kennedy Chandler, Santiago Vescovi, Zakai Ziegler, Josiah Jordan James. All of those four guys are in the game together a lot. That's why that it's very important to have Plavsic as a seven-footer, as a rim protector. Record-breaking season award. First SEC champ since 1979. Number of wins, 28. Fourth most total ever. And that is really something to be proud of for this Tennessee team as we look ahead and what's coming up forward. The next, uh, Doug, the next award that I'm going to give here is I will tell you this, it stirred my emotions uh, considerably, and it is a, a huge award. It's called the True Volunteers Award. When the guys, Ziegler's family, lost everything in a home fire, a GoFundMe was organized, and it was done through UT's compliance office. They set a goal of $50,000. The goal was reached in less than 40 minutes. The plan now for his family is to relocate and move to Knoxville, Tennessee, and they'll be welcomed there. This one, this one was tremendous. Um, the Tennessee award for that. We're called volunteers for a reason, and that's one of them. Uh, a Power T award, again, to the UT fan base. Full house at every home game, and will be full in the years to come. It is a great place now to watch a, a, a basketball game, uh, rivals, I think, the, the games at Kentucky, uh, the games that they have as the other uh, elite programs, and I think Tennessee is is on the way to this. Uh, some question marks, and we have to pick, bring those up. Um, who will come back, and who who is going to be who's going to be back on this team next year? It looks like uh, Tennessee will have everybody back, with the exception of, of Kennedy Chandler. Um, they have a one recruit, a, a five-star recruit in Knoxville Catholic, B.J. Edwards, uh, and they may have more openings. Right now they have uh, they have a full roster. They have had a couple of visits from, from uh, big prospects. Uh, J- Julian Phillips was uh, decommitted from LSU, and he is the number 24 prospect. Uh, he took a, a visit, an official visit to Tennessee. He has not yet committed, uh, but they will be uh, – there will be uh, – some players added to this that are going to make this just a even a more uh, competitive team coming up in the future. And then the, the kind of to, to finish this up, and you know this is coming, Coach. Finally, as always, the very best radio coverage of college sports uh, with the people you have in on football, basketball Saturday, and then cutting it down and having uh, Big Orange Sunday. And believe me, I know how big and important it is because I have people saying it to me all the time. I have people saying, there's Billy the legend and talking behind my back. So 
the the big orange Sunday football basketball Saturday and the host Coach Doug Matthews the very very best radio coverage of college sports anyway. Congratulations to you and to everybody else on this year's awards. Well, Bill, great job! Thanks so much for the uh, for for the compliments. Uh, yeah, I've said many times I've been lucky. I've been doing Saturday, the Saturday show. I've been doing for I think about however long WGFX has been a sports station. Big Orange Sunday in some way or form started on WLAC with the great Bob Bell about 28, 29 years ago now. I kind wow. of lose count of the part. But uh, but uh, been uh, able uh, – people like you. Uh, by the way, Alan Cockrell, folks, will be on starting next week. Uh, we won't talk about it today, maybe if I have a little time at the, at the end here. But uh, uh, two, big, <laughs> two big wins uh, here in Nashville over Vanderbilt. But tell you what, these baseball balls are – or you talk about rolling along right now, Bill. Let me just—I I want to come back to some things you mentioned, but I want to hit this too because uh, you're someone. Uh, wait, I don't know anybody uh, who has had the ties to the University of Tennessee. I guess since maybe you were born, <laughs> certainly going way, way back before you ever stepped foot on campus. But uh, and I try to bring this up a lot because you know there's we hear about the negative, but. I know back at the time when you were in school, Tennessee sports, uh, the the athletic department, the athletics uh, up there were really in great shape. I I don't know though if you look overall. Now football is, is not where it should be, and I think it certainly will. I won't say should be, but sh- will be. But has there been a time in your memory when the overall sports program? I mean, if you look at both basketball programs, uh, if you if you look at the baseball. Uh, the softball, the volleyball. I'm, I'm going to mention a bunch of them, but it it appears to me that the athletic program up there right now is as strong and as good as it's ever been. And I think that's true. And I think where you see that, uh, long, long time Tennessee has been a program uh, going back to as far back as you want to go to, to General Neyland, and you have football that's always been huge. It's always been programmed that's up and down. You were there with national championship teams were playing. It is a it is a great football school. The basketball school has been strong as well, going back into the '60s, and certainly when Coach Ray Mears was there. Baseball now is a national uh, a, a national treasure. It's a it's a highly ranked program, and it's going to remain that way. All of the women's sports, women's basketball, certainly with with Coach Pat Summit heading up that and doing that, and and bringing women's basketball to the very top, and she would be given almost sole credit for having done that. Uh, pleased to know her very well during the time period that she was there and the time after that um, because I played travel ball with her brother and got to know her through him. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a program now that has as good a balance as probably any, uh, it's probably any program, certainly in the Southeastern Conference, which we both would agree in almost every sport, is right there at the at the very best of of every uh, conference in the, in the nation. Well, I know uh, people who listen to this show know, and we're going back uh, several years now. But without question, uh, the university uh, was not aligned, in my opinion, a lot of other people's opinion, from the president to the chancellor to the athletic director to the coaches. Uh, that's no longer the case, uh, and I, I think with. Uh, uh, you know, with with the the, the president of the system, uh, Chancellor Plowman, uh, uh, certainly Danny White, 
uh, and it appears many of the other coaches, things are in line now. And that's that's when you're good. That, that's the way Tennessee, you go back and look throughout throughout history, uh, they, they had that. They had stability at the president, stability at the chancellor's, stability at the athletic director. And uh, Tennessee heading back that way and in, in great shape in many, many, many of their sports. All right, let's, let us let me just kind of touch on the basketball part of it here in, here in just a second, uh, for just a second, Bill. Uh, you mentioned players that are going to be leaving. Let's talk, and, and some of the awards you gave. Uh, but talk a little bit about why uh, Plavsic came on. What About the fifth or sixth, seventh ball game seemed like is when he was inserted into the lineup. Um, and really, uh, I, I remember Coach Barnes mentioning at the time uh, that, uh, you know, he, Euros, I think he, the way he quoted was, finally is playing the way that we want him to play. Uh, you know, and, and essentially stay around the basket, play good defense, get rebounds, uh, and, and, uh, and, and that's your job. Uh, sometimes it's tough for, for players to realize that, hey, my job's not to score. Uh, my job is to do other things. It looked like that's really what happened in this instance. And he was able to accept the fact that this was going to be a a basketball team that was going to play fast, um, but they were going to play smart, and the ball was going to be, like I said, in guards' hands. And he actually came in, I think, in uh, in taking a little bit of time away from Fulkerson, uh, where Fulkerson had been uh, as almost the pivot man, and as good as he is over the left shoulder and as good as he is as a teammate, and believe me, he's a great one, when, when Fulke comes back to the Tennessee campus years from now, um, he's going to be met with standing ovations because this guy's contribution uh, in his time period there, he, he gets the longevity award. He played in over 163 games uh, during, his, uh, during his time as a super senior. Uh, to give you some kind of uh, of, of comparing there, that's five years. I played three games and played half as many games as John Fulkerson. So the impact that he's had as a teammate, as a leader, and what he will have uh, going forward, the longevity award, uh, proudly given to John Fulkerson. You know, Bill, uh, unless we have another instance where we have the COVID year, that that record will never be touched. That's right. Yeah, because you won't get to have that extra Because he, he literally played six years. Yeah. <laughs> You're only allowed four, but he, he literally played six years because of uh, uh, I- interesting uh, interesting on that. Uh, leave us with this. Uh, kind of just talk about what you see for the future style of play. Tennessee has lost a couple of assistant football coaches. I think they moved up from within, which I – I always love when when you do that. Rick Barnes uh, just got a contract extension. Uh, Bill seems to be, if you watch the team, it seems to get a little bit better every single year. Uh, let's assume Chandler's leaving. Was how big a surprise was uh, was Ziegler this year for you? Oh, I think that was one of the most surprising things that we could have could have had. He, he almost came out of nowhere as a player and ended up being uh, a tremendous uh, uh, guy that contributed to the success of this team. And I think that's one of the things that, one of the, that, that they have at Tennessee, player development. We talked about that going back to Schofield and Grant and, and talking about how they developed from what they came to Tennessee and what they ended up being. And, and that is a key thing. And you would say the same thing, obviously, in football, where it's uh, there's so much of a physical change 
coming from high school into into college football, the strength, the speed, and all of those things. Basketball, the guys have competed against each other and other players on their level of greatness and since they were 12 years old with travel ball. And so it's a little bit more obvious what players can do in basketball, I think, coming into college than it is in football. That would be something you would you would have the answer to. But Tennessee is, is a recruiting on a, a very widespread basis now. The program has a really good, outstanding uh, reputation. The Southeastern Conference we've talked about has a much stronger reputation as a basketball league now with the, with the upscale of Auburn. We've always had Kentucky. LSU has had histories of greatness. And if you put together the all-time all-star team for everybody in the SEC, the best team I don't think would be Kentucky. I think it would be uh, LSU with Shaquille O'Neal and Pistol Pete Maravich. That's a whole other subject, but those are the things that make this conference so strong, and that's one of the things. That's, a, that's an award. Tennessee's basketball presence uh, nationally now ranks with anybody. Great point. Uh, you know, you mentioned that about basketball. Uh, I've, I've missed this before. I had, had had a grandson who much older now, but uh, between uh, fourth grade and eighth grade, uh, with the local travel ball, he played in over two hundred and fifty basketball games. Wow! Think about that. Yeah. Between yeah. the fourth grade and the eighth grade, so the, and it's a it's a sport that you can play. You know, it's not like football where, it's, you know, you can play seven on seven, but you can't play the full game on that. So. Uh, Kind of uh, interested on that. Billy, always great, my friend. I hope both of us are around next year where we can do this again. I look forward to it, Coach. And, again, the presentations that you have, uh, very best co coverage for college sports and the people in Nashville, Middle Tennessee, and all over who get your programs on Saturday and Sunday are very grateful for what you do for college sports. Appreciate it. I'll probably run into you at a Panera someplace one of these days. Bill and I uh, <laughs> run into each other, as a matter of fact, occasionally. All right, bud. Hey, thanks so much. Great job. Uh, always appreciate it. And the check's in the mail. Uh, thanks, Coach. Good <laughs> being with you, as always. Bill Justice, not many better, buddy, I tell you. Not many better. Uh, we got a lot of uh, – one, one of the you know, 10 years I spent up there and, of course, 30 years since over here, uh, a lot of great – a lot of great Tennessee people, a lot, a lot of great Tennessee fans, a lot of great Tennessee people in business who care about the university. Uh, yeah, they got their opinions, and they're fans, so they're just like I am, you know, critical uh, at times. Wonder why we can't do that, but uh, why can't do this. But as I mentioned, when you look overall in the athletic department, uh, it is, uh, it's difficult to find many that is consistently good in as many sports as Tennessee is right now. And quite frankly, everything I say up there, I think it's going to get better. I really do. So anyway, let's take a break. Come back. I've got a few thoughts about the spring practice, some things that Coach Heupel said. Uh, so let's take a quick break here. Be right back. Stay right here with us. We're right back on Big Orange Sunday, brought to you by Wilson Bank and Trust. A California's Great America Gold Pass means you get unlimited visits. That means four seasons packed with unlimited fun. Get nonstop thrills on roller coasters like Railblazer or make a splash all season long at South Bay Shores. Keep the adventure going at Tricks and Treats or the Cocoa Flowing at Winterfest. Oh, and you get free parking too. Here's the best part. Unlimited fun is yours for just six payments of $12 after initial payment plus fees and pays for itself in less than two visits. So head to CAGreatAmerica.com and snag your Gold Pass today. Come on in and join the fun. California's Great America. Okay, 
So we have the car payment, the rent, utilities, and the repair bill. Ah, <sighs> what should we do? I know. I'm going to CashNetUSA.com. I can apply in minutes, get an instant decision, and if approved, we could have the money in our account as soon as the same business day. When you need money fast, be the hero. Go to CashNetUSA.com to apply for the money you need now. The exact timing as to when your loan funds will be available will be determined by your banking institution. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with Syntec and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec Premium Full Synthetic Motor Oil is formulated for today's engines to dissipate heat and friction and reduce wear. Right now, get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select filter for just $33.99. Try Syntec today, exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Everyone has a style, and Macy's is here to help you own yours. Get an extra 30% off the best brands and top designers with your coupon or Macy's card. Plus 15% off Spring's go-to beauty, skincare, and fragrances. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase, except gift cards, services, and fees. Sign up today at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Phones, laptops, and tablets aren't just devices. They're the keys to connecting to your health. At Kaiser Permanente, you can connect faster with video visits and our easy-to-use app. Track your health with access to most lab results and health records. You can even make appointments, email doctors, and fill most prescriptions. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Appointments as available and appropriate. Features available from Kaiser Permanente facilities. This is Doug Matthews. If you miss any or part of my weekend shows, Big Orange Sunday, Football Saturday, or Coach to Coach, you can catch up on the podcast at CoachDougMatthews.com. Each show is up immediately after they are aired live right here on 104.5 The Zone. All three shows, plus High School Sports Saturday, are all podcasts at CoachDougMatthews.com. Got about uh, six, seven minutes left here. I want to hit a couple of other things. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Alan Cockrell, next Sunday we'll be talking about ball baseball. Uh, I watched almost uh, both of the games, uh, the two wins, uh, Friday and Saturday. Of course, uh, they played the third game uh, today. Uh, and <laughs> I'll talk more about this with Alan because he knows uh, Coach Vallotello really well. Uh, but uh Kind of like a fiery coach. He, he, he kind of gave me a little bit of the Tommy Lasorda uh, going up to the umpires there. Anyway, we'll discuss that in the future. Uh, it looked to me like he wanted that bat back. But, uh, again, we'll talk about that going in the future. All right, Coach Heupel, after yesterday's scrimmage, let me just kind of – I'm going to kind of hit some of the highlights that he mentioned in this. And uh, always interesting, let me – uh, let me uh, again emphasize and press this when you when you listen to a press conference, I listen to all of them, or when you read a, a printout of the press conference, 
uh, I pay close attention to the players that a head coach or whoever's doing that could be a coordinator or just one of the coaches, one of the assistant coaches. When they bring up a player, it means a heck of a lot more than when they answer a question that one of the press members should give. In other words, they when they say, hey, how did so-and-so, how is so-and-so doing? That answer is one thing, but when they intentionally bring up a player, uh, that tells me that uh, that 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 there's probably some pretty good things happening with that player. Let's get some of them because these are some key areas. And I'm going to kind of go in order here. Jalen Hyatt, he's someone that, folks, if you're like me, you follow this program closely at all, uh, has shown such great ability since the day he stepped foot on campus, uh, has not been able to put it all together, tremendous athletic ability, speed, size, length, uh, and someone that, with the situation where Tennessee is a receiver, really needs to come along. This is his third year. Coach Heupel, Jalen Hyatt has made a huge jump. Don't need to say any more than that. Jalen Hyatt has made a huge jump. Other people that he mentioned here on the other side of the ball, he mentioned one of the newcomers, Squirrel White, did a really good job out there today. Those were the only two players that he actually mentioned. That means they're the only two, but – uh, Squirrel White uh, is going to be a probably a slot receiver. Hyatt can be a slot or a uh, X, a wide, uh, you know, on the lines receiver. Uh, but uh, th- that's good news on, on both of those. He mentioned Christian Charles, and I know he's been someone that's talked about a lot, but he kind of put this in perspective. He said he is going to be a phenomenal leader inside of our program. I like Christian Charles is a player. I've watched him practice a few times. I don't think he is at the point yet where he is going to be a starter for this team. Maybe he will. Uh, remember, we got several players in the secondary that are not out there this spring. We're going to be. We're going to have a good secondary. Not a lot of depth, as Coach Banks mentioned. But but anyway, Christian Charles getting some praise from. Uh, from the head co- head coach from a leadership perspective. Uh, a couple of other comments he made. The left tackle position, left, not tackle, the left tackle position, that's going to continue to be a battle. That tells me two things. Number one, there's a battle going on, and number two, it's not set there. And the other part of it is he said left tackle. That means that the uh, – uh, that that definitely the, the the move to the other side of the ball uh, to the other tackle position from the guy that started there and has started many games there is is probably going to be permanent. They're looking for that left tackle. We'll talk more about that in the future. On Paxton Brooks, stronger, more physical, and he was he was asked this question, but I think it was interesting. Uh, he was asked if Paxton Brooks is going to try to win the kickoff duties back. Yes, for sure. Uh, he wants the job. There's good competition there. Uh, if he's healthy, in, my, in this me talking, I think he'll probably win that job back there. Uh, on leadership, off-season season leadership, interesting. This comes from a former quarterback uh, on a national championship team. Very interesting. You can bet he's saying this to these players. If you're going to be a leader, I'm quoting him here, you have to be out in front, you have to be able to communicate, you have to be able to say things that are positive and say things that are negative. Pretty clear there for what he wants, right? If Number one, if you're going to be a leader, you can't, you can't be a shrinking violet, as my mom used to say. you got to be out front. Leaders lead. 
vocally. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.